Hey everybody, it's Pastor Brian here with a special bonus episode of the Engaging Culture Podcast. At Bridgeway, we have been going through a Sunday night series called Healing an Ethnically Wounded Nation, and we've invited different guest speakers to come and share their stories. Well, I've got one of our guest speakers here, Gagan Diman, who's going to share a little bit of his story for you. So for those of you who weren't able to make it to the Sunday night series, you're still able to hear a little bit of his story. So, Gagan, thanks for the time, dude. Appreciate Thank it. You. So, thanks Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Uh, so obviously we're on audio. We're not on video. People can't see you this and is awesome. understand you. <laughs> your, uh, your, uh, ethnicity from that. So tell us just a little bit about your, your ethnic background. Okay. Well, uh, I was born and raised in India. Um, I moved to, uh, United States in 2001. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it all kind of all began for me in, in India, really. Um, you know, I went to a Christian school, even though I was not, a, you know, born in a Cre- uh, Christian uh, family um, in India is very most of the families they what they believe is if you are a Hindu or a Sikh or a Christian you're born into that religion mm-hmm. so um, I grew up seeing Jesus as blonde hair blue eyes so that for me that was Christianity if, if you're white you're Christian probably not that different from the experience a lot of people in the states have the yeah blue eyed Jesus you know and, oh, what's funny is like I didn't realize where when I realized for the first time where Jesus actually was, you know, I was like, oh man, he looked more like, you know, similar to me, yeah. but... I don't think he had blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll be surprised. I mean, it says we were all created in his image, you know, sure. God's image, but we're all so different. It just talks about how awesome our God is, yeah. with, you know, but, um, but yeah, so um, I moved to the United States in 2001 and i moved here with my mom and my sister and my dad has actually already been in the united states um but when i moved here i was 16 and i went to wood creek high school so you know a lot of listeners who are listening to this i'm sure they either have kids who are going to wood creek or um they them myself might might them myself have gone to wood creek or they know everybody knows where it is but um that that experience itself was very uh, culture shock for me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, when I moved here, obviously I didn't have any friends. So when I went to high school, um, I was very excited. I was very excited, but that changed very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, two thousand and one. We all know nine uh, eleven had happened. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people didn't know me. And when it happened, um, I was I was actually at Wood Creek. Uh, I was sitting in a math class and. Have you ever felt like you're sitting in a group of people and everybody's staring at you? Um, Probably not was, in the way that you did that. Yeah, it was very awkward. It's like all yeah. eyes just turned at me as we saw the second, um, I think it was the first plane that crashed into the Twin Tower and then the second one. And then uh, I remember sitting there and I had my pencil in my hand and I was kind of just tapping it, you know, just gently. Mm-hmm. And my math teacher just came up to me and he just lost it on me. And I mean, he's just like yelling at me, you know, that's not yours. Stop doing that. And I was like, man, I'm not even talking. Like, I don't understand what's going on. I, it didn't click in my head what is happening. In your mind, you're watching this thing that other people are doing. Just like everyone else. Just like everyone else. Right. But everyone else in the room is looking at you. Right. And, and everybody's having conversations, you know, but the math teacher is upset with me because I'm not, I know I'm not talking. I am, you know, nervous. Or I'm playing with my pencil, yeah. you know, and he gets really upset. So... Um, so that was really weird. I didn't, I didn't really quite understand that, why that happened, but you know, I just figured he's stressed out. Obviously it's a, it's, it's crazy what we just saw on, on news, but then, you know, they dismissed us and we went to, um, 
um, to our class or we were supposed to go home. And so when I get on the bus, uh, again, like first I couldn't sit with anyone because nobody would let, let me sit with them. So finally I was able to sit in the front because the bus driver was like, hey, you can come sit with me. And you hadn't had that experience before? No, never. Like this was, prior this to was yeah, like never. You know, the same people who would sit with me were like all of a sudden doesn't, don't want to sit with me anymore. Wow. So, I mean, I remember there was a guy in my bus. Um, his He would get off uh, two steps, uh, two stops ahead of my, my bus stop. He got off, and uh, before he got out of the bus, he pointed at me, and he said, you know, it's all your fault. And wow. that's when it clicked in my head. Wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm thinking India is about to go and work with the United States. That's very unfortunate. I was like, okay, well, that that was kind of kind of weird. It really hurt, you know. Um, but then when I got off my bus – this guy had apparently called his buddies while he was on the bus because there were 10 guys waiting for me to get off the bus. Wow. And I got jumped. Um, I remember just dodging and, and running home. Uh, I ran home. Um, I, first thing I asked my mom was, are you watching the news? And my mom's like, yeah. I said, is India involved? And she said, what? I said, is India involved? And she said, no. Say, and okay. this is on the this is on the day. It's on happened. the day. Wow. Yeah. This is I'm talking about maybe so several 11, hours. Eleven o'clock. After. Wow. Yeah. So okay. my mom's like, "What's wrong?" And you know, she came and checked me, and she saw that I was all bruised up. Um, so, needless to say, I hated being here. Um, I didn't want to be here at all. I mean, I wasn't given a, given a choice to move to the United States. My parents did that. You know, they decided they wanted to give me and my sister a better opportunity because they saw, you know, the opportunity we have in the America, in, in America. And, um, uh, but that's not what I, I had expected. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, that was, and how long was that after you'd moved? You'd been here for how long? I moved here in May of 2001 and then, you know, the school was out. So, um, this was so I think pretty August. recent. Yeah. Four, four months after you, four months. After. And I mean, what makes it even more crazy to me is, as your mom told you the day of, India, what, you're Indian. India had nothing to do with this. Right. It's just, I mean, but here you've got these Americans looking at you saying, you look like the people who did this, therefore you're one of them. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've had this conversation before because even if I was from Iraq or Afghanistan or anywhere, um, why, why is it we can't look at someone and see, oh, that's another human being? Right. You know, um, why do we have to jump to a conclusion that all of a sudden that person is a terrorist? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and, it, it would and, make it no better. If and what's crazy right. is I ran into that kid um, in 2011. In 2010, I joined the U.S. Army mm-hmm. because I wanted to serve. Yeah. Um, I saw that kid in um, Safeway. And purposefully got into his line because that day I was in uniform. I got in that line because I wanted to go and start a fight, you know. Um, but had I didn't have Jesus in my life, because what came when I saw him out of my mouth, I couldn't believe it. And I looked at him and I said, you know what, man, um, he didn't recognize me. I recognized him. I told him, you know who I am. And he looked at me and he realized and he had that look on his face like, oh, no. Wow. Like I'm at work and this guy's going to start something in. And I looked at him and I just said, you know, I, I had fists, you know, 
yeah. cringing. You know, I was I wanted to punch this guy, and but instead I just said, hey, you know, I forgive you, and that that felt really good for me. Yeah. And so wow, that's um, yeah, I can't believe I did that, but yeah, that's really cool. So you had this experience as a as a young person who had only recently come to the United States, a terrible experience, but you. You continue to live here. You're here. You're, you hate it. You eventually, I mean, I've read part of your story. You get invited to a youth group. You become a Christian. Things are still difficult here. Yep. But then you mentioned this a minute ago. By 2010, you decided to to join the armed forces. Yep. Say a little bit more about what led to that decision. What made you want to serve serve this country in that way, despite the difficult experiences you've you had? You know, um, a lot of people talk about, like, well, especially, you know, because I'm, I'm a Christian and let me talk a little bit about that. Really yeah, because yeah, please do. Um, I became a Christian. I'm the only Christian in my my side of the family um, for generations. Like, the, I mean, the, I'm the first Christian. Yeah. And um, because I'm the first Christian, when the Indian community looks at me, they look at me as I'm very Americanized, mm-hmm. and they talk about my roots. I'm forgetting my roots. But yeah. the thing, think about the roots. You know, they, they, if you really want to get technical with that. If you take a plant from one soil and you move it to another soil, the roots will adapt. Yeah. Right. So I don't forget. I'm not forgetting my roots. I am getting more stronger roots at a better soil. Yeah. So with with being in in U.S., I wanted to serve. This is my country. Yeah. I don't care what anybody looks at me and say. You know, if I'm from India, India, Indian descent, it doesn't matter. I live here. This is my country. This is my home. Yeah. So I wanted to serve my country. Mm-hmm. So when I joined the U.S. Army. Um, well, one thing my dad wanted to make sure that I don't go in thinking people, because, you know, people make assumptions. So he joined the army because he wanted to be a citizen. I got my citizenship way before I joined the army. Yeah. Um, when I went into the army, it felt good. You know, I was a little nervous. Um, but when I got to basic training, our drill sergeant told, told me, um, actually, they told us, like, look, there's only two colors in the army. It's red and green. It's the blood we shed and the uniform we wear. And that was powerful to me. You know, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm home. This is one place where I am a soldier. Soldier doesn't have any race. It's mm-hmm. soldier is a soldier for his country. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that was huge. But that changed really quickly because <laughs> I got to my unit and uh, we do PT in the morning. And uh, it's my first day at my unit. So we have two different platoons. I have my platoon and there's another platoon in my company. And we're doing sprints. Uh, this is about 630 in the morning. So we're doing sprints, and every time I'd sprint, when it was my turn, I would pass by this guy from another platoon, and he would say, oh, uh, he would say, he would call me Osama bin Laden's uh, brother. Wow. Now, was this, obviously that's incredibly inappropriate. Right. Is this guy laughing as he's saying it? Is he angry as he's saying it? What's the emotion? He's kind of mocking me. It's it's obviously yeah. wrong regardless. What's the I emotion? I think he was mocking it? me. He was... Um, Again, it's just like, you know, I'm better than you. Yeah. I don't think like, you know, I don't trust you. Yeah. But you don't know me. Right. You know, I get it. You don't trust me because you don't know me. But to assume something like that, um, that's pretty, it's pretty messed up. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so every time I would run by, he would call me Osama bin Laden's brother. And, and that really hurt. And yeah. really quickly, I realized, man, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. People just don't know. Yeah. Um, but what I've learned is it's not that people don't know, it's people don't want to know. What do you mean? Say more about that. You know, it's like um, 
if you see someone walking down the street and you think you're, oh man, like that person um, makes me nervous, you know, mm-hmm. you got to think about it. What is that person really doing to you? Yeah. You know, um, have a conversation with that person, mm-hmm. you know, get to know that person. If you're really scared, I mean, what, don't make it, you know, it's everybody says that don't judge the book by its label, right? right? Like you open it up and you read it. Yeah. For me, I think if you get to know me, I'm a pretty decent guy to get to know. I, I, at least I think so. Yeah. You know, and... I agree with uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's it's people looking at me and not not giving me a chance to get to know me. You know, I was um, I was in Alabama last year photographing a, a wedding. I also do wedding photography. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing that, um, it was a destination wedding, so I was there by myself for the very first time, or the first day. And so I'm like, you know, I'm going to go out and eat because, you know, the wedding's the next day. I'm just going to go out, eat, and go back to the hotel. I went out to eat, and um, the Chipotle had this wall behind me. So I was sitting outside, and I know nobody's behind me because there's a huge wall. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple sitting to my right, um, a table ahead of me. And then there were these some bushes. The bushes were hiding this couple. Um, and I see this guy walk by outside of Chipotle, and he's looking at my direction, and he's yelling. I'm not quite sure what he's saying. I, I didn't actually know that he was yelling until I, it took me a minute because I was so enjoying my delicious food, you know. You're not thinking, uh, hey, some guy's going to come yelling. Right, no, I'm now. thinking about my burrito. I'm like, oh, this burrito this looks amazing. So, yeah, who, who expects that? Who expects to go out and eat and you're going to expect somebody to just yell at you? Right. You know, like that's not what I was thinking. So, I'm sitting there and I'm eating and um, he's yelling at me and I'm like, and I look up and I'm like, oh, this guy is mad at someone. And I look behind me, I'm like, there's a wall behind me. Oh, he's mad at me. And I'm wow. thinking, what did I do to him? So, you know, I was like, you talking to me? And, you know, he walks away. Um, and the couple that was sitting in front of me, they looked at me like, all weird, like, what is going on, you know? And, and I you have no idea. This guy's a I total no stranger. Right, so I, I didn't say anything to the couple. The couple didn't say anything to me. They just had this look like, what was that, you know? Well, five minutes later, I guess who's back? This angry man. Um, comes back and he's yelling at me again. Now he's telling me things like go back to your country, um, you know, using all kind of profanity. And, and this couple looks at me and, you know, they said, do you know this guy? And I said, honestly, this is my first time here. I have no idea. And you know, this couple was actually apologizing. They're like, you know, we're so sorry. Yeah. It's not like this. Um, I don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, they offered to pay for my food, but I'm like, you know, it's already paid. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, they were being really nice. Yeah, and it's cool. Which was really good, but, you know, I was like, you know what, I don't want to eat here anymore, so I just packed up my stuff, um, you know, five minutes later, and it was really bothering me, like, it just, you know, I brush it off, but it hurts, Yeah. you know, so I'm like, you know, it's okay, I'm just going to eat later, so I pack my stuff up, and as I'm leaving, I go to the front of the store to get out, and I realize this guy's parked right next to me, and I'm like, oh man, this guy's, like, I don't know if it was coincidental. I don't know what it was. I don't know how he was parked, but he was parked yeah. right next to me. And he was leaning against his uh, car's trunk, and the trunk was open. So as I'm walking, I'm, you know, I can only take so much. So right. as I'm walking towards him, he keeps saying, you know, go back to your country. I don't trust people like you, and I know what you've done. And I have to tell you, though, the shirt that I was wearing mm. that day, it said bleed red, white, and blue. Wow. On it. It was a huge American flag, and it said "bleed red, white, and blue." And here, this guy sending me to go back wow. to my country. Um, here you are, a military yeah. veteran, right? Who served, right? Served, served our country, 
in that extent having yeah. to deal with that kind of nonsense. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, dude, what is your problem? You know, and I'm, I'm like, you know, we're about to go down. It's about, we're about to have to fight this guy, yeah. you know. Um, so I had a bag in my hand. I dropped the bag and this guy just pulls a gun out. Wow. And he looks at me. He's like, you're not going to do anything. And I was maybe eight feet away from him. And I looked at him, you know, for me, like my basic instinct was just the military training. Like you observe the location, you see where you are, you see around you what's going on. It's a parking lot. There's kids. Um, this guy has a gun. Um, if he shoots me, I'm afraid he's going to shoot someone else. Right. Right. So I'm like, okay. So I picked up my bag. I kept my, you know, eyes locked onto him and I just got in my car and I just drove off. But as I'm driving off and I'm like, I'm thinking like, what took this man to do something like that? Like what, what has, I, I don't know. I'm still confused. Like what makes someone go to that extent? Right. To, that you're willing to take another person's life because you are you are um, nervous or you think that they're from a different country or in my case uh, you know that I was a terrorist right that's it, it's, yeah, it's, it's baffling it's beyond, how, how, how do you, it's beyond me like you say how do you how do you get to that point yeah, yeah. Um, that's a crazy story it's you know it's It's recently at work, someone told me, <laughs> at my workplace, somebody told me uh, that I should consider changing my name. Um, and when she told me that, I looked at her and I was like, what? This is a person that I work with. This is a person that I know, you know. Um, and she's not playing around. She's serious. I mean, she's dead serious. She's trying yeah. to get me because I'm talking about you know I'm not I'm not getting into sales right now. Was, I mean I you know I just got into my job as a as a realtor and this was like you know a few years back. But I'm looking at her. I'm like wait, what? Yeah. Why? I'm like, well, why should I change my name? And she's like, well, you know, because I I want I think we need to feel like you're part of us. Wow. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You as I'm thinking in my head, like you need to feel that I'm part of you. What else would you want me to do? I've joined the U.S. military. I've deployed to Afghanistan. Right. I have served. I have, you know, I, I feel like... Literally put your life on the line. And, I mean, but I want to... I need to make you feel that I'm part of you. Yeah. If that's the case, I will never make, be able to make you feel the part, like I'm part of you. Because right. what else can a person do? You know, and, I, and just so you know, I didn't serve the military in, in the military for anyone. Right. Something that I wanted to do. I yeah. wanted to serve my country, and yeah. I'll do it again in a heartbeat. But yeah. it's like I never feel like I'm at home. Yeah. You know, and that—that's the sad part. Well, and that constant question of well, what else do I have to do, knowing that in the eyes of some, I don't know that there's an answer to that question. Right. 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 So. We gotta wrap this up here. We gotta. We're we're recording this here in my office on a Sunday night, and you're about to go share it. Session two of the series. Roseville, Rockland, Lincoln, all of the, you know these places you've lived for for the last bit. I mean, not known for its diversity, right? Right, and that's part of why conversations like these Sunday night conversations are so important because Absolutely. there's just. There's just so much that's easy to overlook. Absolutely. There's so many, there's, I feel like there are stories like yours that if you haven't been on the receiving end of them like you have, 
it's difficult to appreciate the pain and it's difficult to appreciate just the, I don't know, the reality that, that you have to live in. So I'm going to ask you a big question and ask you to answer it real briefly. What does it look like, especially as Christ followers, to begin to move forward? I mean, we talk about healing an ethnically wounded nation. Right. What does it look like to pursue that kind of healing? You know, as a Christ follower, I, I think about this. Like if, if Jesus was here right now in flesh, I wonder how many people who call themselves believer of Christ will look at him and not recognize him. Oh, yeah. And they might call him, hey, go back to your country. And that's just something to think about. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's, that and, is powerful. And for me, that's huge. And, and yeah. I think for me, from my point of view, it's, it's, if, if we're a follower of Christ, I think we've already, our identity is in him. So let's yeah. not be caught up in I'm brown or I'm black or I'm white or I'm, you know, whatever. Right. You're not because you are a child of God. Yeah. You are, we are a big family. And that's our primary identity. And that's our primary identity. Yeah. So I think getting closer to your identity, getting closer to who you are in Christ is what going to heal us as a community, as, as, as Christians, as followers. Because you can't say, uh, you know, I, I love Jesus and I follow Jesus, but then you judge someone because you don't even, just because of the way they look. Yeah. That, that doesn't even... It's, it's going everything against what he, I mean, when Jesus came, he went to the, to the, his disciples were all fishermen, right? I mean, he didn't go to the Pharisees because, I mean, yeah, they were Jews, but he went to the Gentiles too, you know? Right. And I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I, I did not choose the skin that I'm in. Yeah. But I know that my God chose me and through yeah. him, I'll be able to keep moving forward, even though people might look at me. Otherwise, but it's a great testimony for me to be able to share with them. Hey, you know, yeah. I'm sorry you feel that way about me, but give me a chance. Give me yeah. a chance to tell you about who I am yeah. and what Jesus has done in my life. Yeah. And I think you might be surprised. Yeah. Amen. Man, that's so good. Yeah. I wish we could sit here for another hour. Keep yeah. this stuff. But man, that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, for sharing a little bit of your story. Excited to hear you share tonight as well. Um, thanks to those of you for listening. We'll be, we'll be dropping these little bonus episodes throughout the Healing and Ethnically Wounded Nation series, and uh, we'll keep up our regular episodes on uh, the first and third Tuesday of the month as well. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. Music is used under the Creative Commons license and is provided by Dexter Britton.